You're listening to A Journey in American English. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode. In today's episode, Chris and I want to talk about something that is somewhat sensitive and political in nature, which is the Second Amendment of the American Constitution. So, what is the Second Amendment? The Second Amendment is a law that guarantees everyone in the US, at least American citizens, the right to own and bear arms. So, weapons, basically. This has been a very sensitive and political topic for as long as I or anyone can remember, really, and often comes up in discussion when there are unfortunately mass shootings or school shootings, and everyone knows that Americans feel very strongly about um, the right to own these weapons. So, without further ado, that's the topic for today. Let's begin. Hey! Hey, everyone! Yeah, beautiful weather. It's (laughs) still smoky. Is it? It's hot, but it's still smoky. So, is this like the third week now? Third or fourth. Wow. It's usually pretty common that Montana spends a good chunk of the summer on fire. Like every summer? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, are those natural forest fires or people just not paying attention? Or what is that? Mix mix of both. Mix of both. I didn't dive too deeply into the cause of the recent batch, but they're definitely man-made sometimes. Huh. No, we don't get a lot of fires here. We don't get a lot of anything except rain. Um, So I'm from Missouri. We get a whole bunch of tornadoes. And that was very common when I was growing up. But here, I think there was a tornado like a year ago. Or was it two? And people were freaking out. They're like, it was like the storm of the century and whatnot. And people were super, they were in awe that they could see a tornado in Germany. Uh, but it was a real small one. It didn't actually do anything. It touched down and it was gone within like five or ten minutes. But the fact that they got a tornado here really impressed a lot of people. Um, yeah, you know, I've never really heard of tornadoes happening outside of the U.S. So, yeah, and I mean, we get a lot, especially in the Midwest. You get a lot of tornadoes. I mean, Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, a lot of tornadoes and a lot of rain. But here, no, it's just it's gray and wet. Just like in England. <laughs> that does sound kind of nice right now. Does it? I, I will say Montana averages like zero to one tornadoes a year. So it just doesn't happen. Though, um, I believe it was like a little over 10 years ago in Billings. Uh, there was a tornado that touched down and there was a ton of rain. Like it was a serious storm. And the arena in town, the Metro Park Arena, where, you know, all the big concerts and things like that happen in town. Mm. Uh, it got severely damaged. <laughs> I think one time there was a tornado and it was raining frogs or was it fish? Because the tornado was near a lake or a pond and it sucked up all the fish and then it started raining fish and frogs. Oh, God. Yeah, but that that's, that's very, very rare, though. It's very funny until you picture the landing. Yeah, it definitely is. The scariest thing about tornadoes is when the sky turns green. And um, what? Yeah, the sky changes colors, like from like black to green. And you can smell them too. Like you can smell tornadoes. They have, it's really hard to describe, but 
Is it the, like the is it like ozone? Yeah, a, a little bit. Like you know how you can smell when it's going to rain or when it has rained. Yeah. And the air kind of just changes. It's the same with tornadoes because the the rain is a little bit different, and so you can kind of smell them. Like you can smell a storm coming. Sounds kind of weird, but um, at least that's been my experience. I don't know how other people feel, but but no, they don't really have storms here. There was a really bad flood in Germany three weeks ago um, that devastated large parts of the state I'm in, and uh, water got up to like like twenty thirty feet. It was super high in a lot of places. And, oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that on the news. Like, that, yeah. that devastated a whole town. Yeah, it, d- it destroyed a couple towns, actually. And they're still rebuilding. And um, Germany was totally caught off guard because we don't get a lot of weather like that. And whenever stuff like that happens, it's usually, yeah, global warming. We, we got to do more for the climate and stuff like that. And then a couple of weeks later, everyone forgets. <laughs> so. Yep. Well, everyone that matters forgets, unfortunately. Yeah, we don't that's, forget. Yeah, that's true. But so that's the daily weather report or the weekly weather report. So what do we want to talk about? So today we want to talk about American gun culture and specifically the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Yeah. And what is the Second Amendment? <clears throat> the Second Amendment states a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah. That's, that's the entirety. That's pretty quaint. <laughs> yes. I think a lot of people know that almost by heart, really, because it's the one you hear the most. So the, the Second Amendment. Um, right after and the First Amendment. It's the too. one that has the most debate with the wording. As short as it is, the wording isn't super clear. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's definitely not clear um, what the right to bear arms means. Right. Does it mean everyone has a right to join a militia? Does it yeah. mean everyone should be allowed to bear any and all arms? Uh, is it some mix of both? Is Who knows? And I think the interesting thing about the Second Amendment is that it's, it's one of the shorter amendments but it's been so highly contested and debated for the past, especially the past like 30 or 40 years, I'd say, especially after like the school shootings and like in Colorado, so like Columbine, Mm -hmm. that's really when this whole conversation about like gun laws, gun control, like that really took off and people really started to question, or at least that's how I remember it. People really started to question do we need gun regulation or do we need like gun control? And it's a, it's a never ending debate. I don't, I don't think we're ever going to solve it though. And, and the tricky thing about the debate is if you, if you look at these as two separate things, mm-hmm. the militia and the right to bear arms, the wording of the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Any law whatsoever governing who can and cannot have firearms is unconstitutional yeah that's true which is scary which is scary Mm. i you know i'm a big fan of uh, gun ownership but i don't know if i want a three-year-old being able to walk into a shop and walk out with something Uh, yeah that's that's definitely true i think the bigger problem is is that a lot of people and this is my, my personal opinion is a lot of people in the u.s kind of have 
a warped view on the what the word freedom means and so a lot of people i feel view the constitution as kind of like infallible you know like the bible like everything that's that is in there is you know it's it's law uh and it can't be questioned and so often when you back someone into a corner they'll say like oh but that's in the constitution that's my right but it, it's kind of like talking in circles you know what i mean yeah and the constitution isn't it's a good document it's a very good document but it was written by people hundreds of years ago that would have no idea of the context of current day yeah that's a good that's a good point is context so a lot of people say for the second amendment the context being the word militia which was back when the document was written over 200 years ago um, there was no concrete American government, the story goes. And so it was kind of up to the people to protect themselves. So they needed to arm themselves. And the counter argument to this being, well, that's no longer necessary. You know, we have a good, well-equipped, very rich, I'll add, government. So people don't actually need to protect themselves. That's what we have, that's what we have the police for. And that's what we have uh, the American government for. But that, that's a whole can of worms I'm not going to open. But <laughs> I mean, I'm going to delicately open it because okay. there is arguments and context that require the subject to be acknowledged. And this is something that I have been learning more about in mm-hmm. the last couple of years, just being in different circles. An argument I've heard a lot is the argument for firearm control and limitation to, you know, the average, normal, mentally well-suited adult is an argument that comes from a place of privilege where you personally don't have to worry about your safety. Hmm. You live in a good neighborhood. You're not, you know, likely to be a victim of any institutional problems or targets of any other groups. You don't necessarily have to worry about your safety. So you personally... Don't feel like you need a firearm. And from that position, you've decided that other people are in a similar situation to you and don't need the similar protections. I'll concede that point. That's a very, that's honestly a very good point um, that I've often heard, but it's, it's kind of like a vicious cycle. It's, it's, it's like saying I need a gun because other people have guns. But if you, if you were to take all the guns off the table, then we wouldn't even have the discussion. And that's kind of like the thinking that's in Germany. So often you'll read articles about someone breaking into a home and this person will get shot. (laughs) Like they won't die, they'll just get shot. Because you can have guns in Germany, but it's very, very strictly regulated. They take it very seriously. So not a lot of people have guns. And they have specific use cases of when like you can actually use them. And you, you often read articles that someone breaks into a home and then they, they get shot and the person who shot them, uh, they get sued by the robber for improperly using a gun because it's illegal, uh, which is kind of like mind boggling. Like, you know, they broke into my house, so I should be able to, you know, defend myself. Yeah, but that's that my American <laughs> brain is, is, is angry. But that's like... not what guns are for in Germany. Guns aren't meant for defense. They're meant for like sport. So like sports shooting, for example, Um, and any other use of guns is strictly prohibited. 
So you don't see a lot of people using guns for self-defense at all. Um, you have a similar situation in England, I believe, but they have a lot of knife crime because no one has guns. But that's a, that's yep. a different story. <laughs> but, but yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's tricky. And as someone who personally doesn't trust the government very much, not I'm not like a crazy conspiracy theory person, but in general, I'm a big believer in power corrupts people, uh-huh. especially career politicians. So I don't necessarily have large amounts of faith in people who have played the game long enough to get to the national level. Yeah, that's except true. For, you know, outliers who have proven that they're just genuine people here to help. Uh, I the get... only one I can think of that's like a career politician that I still feel is like that would be Bernie Sanders. He just is who he is, and he's the things he's fought for have pretty much always been the same. Which I guess is a is a, which is basically a problem with the system because you can go on YouTube and watch videos about Bernie and a half because Bernie did. Um, like a TV show in the 80s or the 70s going around interviewing people what they thought of like communism, socialism, whatnot, and like what their grievances were with respect to capitalism. And I think it was a show that went for it was a went for like a year, I believe. I can't remember which state. And you can go on YouTube and watch it. Um, it's super grainy because it's from like 30, 40 years ago. Sounds very interesting, though. It is. It's super interesting, but it's, like, really sad because all the problems that the people talk about from 40 years ago, we still have them. <laughs> so nothing has changed. That's why Bernie's message hasn't changed. But yes. And there's pictures of uh, him uh, in uh, civil rights marches and things like that being arrested or protests being arrested for, you know, protesting but, on the side of equal rights. But it's interesting that you bring up Bernie because... Um, because he's a he's a Democrat, which politics plays a huge role in gun ownership for those outside of the U.S. who don't know. And it's very it's very bipartisan. So it's uh, to make a very blanket statement. If you're conservative, you're more for gun rights. And if you're liberal, then you're uh, more for less gun rights, so to speak. And that's often how it's played out. So whenever like a Democratic public gets elected people will go in droves and buy guns. Like when, when Obama got elected in 2008, I think that was like the biggest year for gun sales because yeah, people were... Everyone were, demonized him so yeah. much. They're like, he's going to take all of our guns. We have to buy them right now. We have to hide them. Yeah, and nothing ever happened. Like they didn't take the guns. <laughs> no, there was, there was an ammo shortage for a while during his uh, presidency. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, I never actually looked into the facts of it but mm -hmm. a lot of what i was told was that his administration had bought up a lot of the ammo for some reason but again that could just be wrong propaganda that i just heard pass along to me i don't actually know oh i don't i just know that people get super scared when when a new president comes because every time the question is what do we do about the guns <laughs> and a lot of republicans are like we love guns let's keep them and a lot of democrats are like no let's get rid of them and I know it's a very black and white statement. It's a, obviously it's more complicated than that, but that's, yes. that's often what you hear when, when these things kind of roll around. And like I was saying earlier, um, the more left you go, which I've, I've personally done in 
recent years more so is it, it comes around again. It's like, uh, we need to, you know, you can't seize the means of production without, without <laughs> the means of war. Yeah. What is it like Antifa? Yes. Or Antifa or how do you, I don't know how you say it. Antifa. Yeah. Uh, they're not, I haven't really seen Antifa in relation to fire. I, they, that's not really something they do as far as I know, but oh man, it's a, uh, that's well, that, a whole thing. Yeah, definitely. But that's more of like political extremism. And I'll say right off the bat that whether you're far right or far left, you're equally bad because those are extremes and the extremes are never good. <laughs> that, that's just, you know, I think it's a given. I, I'm not really swayed by someone who's far left and not really swayed by someone who's far right. I believe that the truth is always somewhere in the middle between the two extremes. And that's where I kind of go. So I don't lean right. too far left, not lean too far right. Some things Republicans say, I'm like, hmm, okay, yeah, you've got a point, but the rest uh, I don't really agree with. And the same is true for Democrats. Like, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying, but but yeah, that that's true. The guns are definitely it's a it's a political issue, which I think is one of the reasons why there's so much gun violence in the US and why people are so adamant about having their guns it's it's crazy (laughs) right and then and i am not there's a classic argument called the good guy with the gun oh yeah because every now and again someone does something crazy and pulls up pulls out a gun and is gonna do a shooting or rob someone or just do something they should not be doing yeah every now and again there is a quote-unquote good guy with a gun around just a regular citizen who just happens to be carrying and sometimes they stop it and it works out great. Very rarely, but sometimes they stop it and it works out great. Uh, and that whenever that happens, that's like, I, I would say more conservatives than anything will cling to that and see like, mm. look, that's why we need more. Like, like I'm super pro-gun and I will not be like, no, we, we should not plan on this. This is like a 1% chance of this happening. We, we do not want to... <laughs> It's not something we bank off of. We, when it happens, cool. We got lucky, but let's not. Yeah, there was. Oh, I want to say it was Texas. There was a there was a church shooting a year or two ago. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think yeah. a dude driving by in his pickup like had his AR and yeah, yeah, like gave chase. I can't even remember how. It, I think he ended up scaring the guy off before he killed more people, so it ended up being a net positive. But it wasn't like exactly an organized situation Mm, maybe it's a different one i believe he went into the church and the one guy was in the pews so like the the pews like the rows where people sit and listen to the sermon and whatnot and he got up and he shot the robber coming in through the exit door i believe but yeah you're right like this um that's what the what is it the nra the national rifle association yes Um, which from what i they <laughs> i think they're going bankrupt i don't yeah i don't even know if they're a real thing anymore they had <laughs> a ton of corruption and bl- did they like, really i didn't know that like a lot of people who even conservatives who are big into guns a lot of them are like man the nra is just making everything worse because the nra is very they're uncompromising yeah zero compromise they're they are interpreting the uh, Second Amendment 
as generously as possible to their argument. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I know they're definitely the biggest lobby, or at least they were. I'm not sure what their current activities are. But historically speaking, they were always the biggest lobby for like uh, gun rights, gun ownerships. Um, and they kind of did like this whole like gun safety thing, you know, like if you're going to use guns, you should be safe. And I think around like 2010-ish, there were a whole bunch of school shootings. So like 2010, 2020, I want to say. And they had this whole, like, we should arm teachers with guns. So, you know, if, like, someone breaks in or, like, goes into a school, the teacher can protect the students. And I was like, yeah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Once upon a time, many years ago, when I was a very different person, I was like, oh, why wouldn't you want to do that? That sounds like a great idea. Now, me as an adult, I'm like, you, you run into two problems. When you, when you place a gun somewhere mm. that you feel like you're going to need for immediate security, you have two problems. Yeah. One is security. How is it safe? Like, especially in a classroom, you don't want just some kid walking up and like going through your drawer and taking your gun. Oh, that's obviously true. very bad. Step two, if you need a gun for security and it's a place other people can get it, you have to make it you have to store it in a way where only you can get it, but you can get it fast. So for, this is something that always bothered me. Um, back uh, when my dad lived at our old house, he had a big safe in the closet in his bedroom. And he would keep, he would keep a handgun on the top shelf of the safe, uh, magazine half in. And he's like, well, if I ever need, you know, if someone ever breaks in, I can just, you know, open the safe, grab it, you know, load the mag. And, and to me, I'm like, well, by the time you hear someone kick down your door yeah, and you realize what's happening and you get out of bed, you get to the safe, you're half asleep. Are you going to be able to do the code right the first time and then open it, you know, get it, work it. And then, you know, what, what's happened in that 30 seconds. I never thought of it like that, but you're, you're completely correct. Um, I mean, that's true. I mean, especially in a school, I think one thing I always think of is like, what if the teacher misses? I mean, God forbid, what if she misses and hits an innocent student or he or she or they, the teacher, and they're going to have to live with that for like the rest of their lives, you know? Yep. Plus, and, and again, yep. I'm, I'm a believer. You shouldn't, I know a lot of people say you should have to go through training to own a gun at all. I don't know how I feel about that, but in a situation like this, you better have some sort of official training, even if it's just like a weekend class. I think there should be training for, for having guns. I think people should go through like, like a psychological analysis or something. Um, I mean, maybe that's like the, the European in me speaking, because that's pretty typical here. But right. American... here, here comes the far left argument. <laughs> Do you trust the government to be honest about that kind of thing if the government is deciding who is and is not eligible to own firearms do you trust the government to never get to a point like oh you have a counter-political ideology to ours so Mm. uh, no you're not mentally sound i don't think the government has ever lied so i would have to say i trust them (laughs) (laughs) no kidding no i don't think anyone would reasonably trust any government whatsoever not i don't think you have to be like I don't think you have to go to like conspiratorial thinking or being far left. I think the fact of the matter is, is that governments are made of people and people make mistakes and people are biased. 
So by the transitive property, there's no way for government to be perfect. So that's true. But I think if you go too far, you get into like being paranoid and cynical. Um, But I think there should be some regulation. That's also, that's a great point you bring up. That's what a lot of people say is, what if the government comes and how are we going to defend ourselves? And I think that's the reason why a lot of Americans love having guns because they're either extremely scared of their own government or they hate them. It's one or the other. There's like no love <laughs> left over. And I think that's why people are so married to the thought of having weapons. Right. Which is scary in yeah. some ways. So I don't know how much you've seen uh, of this in Germany, but there have been some people uh, with the whole, you know, Biden stole the election thing. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, the civil war's coming. You better be ready. We don't want to do it, but we're going to do it. So yeah. that's scary. And there's enough, you know, guns in the country that if a significant portion of the population decided to do that, it would be a problem. But on the other hand, if a more reasonable grievance was had and there was actual need for a revolution. Uh, There is a lot of guns in this country. Uh, In Montana, there are more guns than people. That's crazy. We may not have, you know, tanks and drones and obviously those things are scary and powerful, but at what point in, in a revolutionary or civil war does a government start just drone striking its own cities? Yeah, I mean, that's At true. At some point, eventually, but it takes some time. I mean, it's happened. I mean, you don't have to look outside of the U.S. and look at other countries to see what happens. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility for the government to turn on its people. You know, there have been coups all over the world. So I'm not going to, like, pretend that's not going to happen. But I'm not sure if someone needs like uh, grenades tanks uh stuff like that i know yeah there are definitely people <laughs> of the more libertarian ide- ideology which in in the u.s libertarian ideology is kind of twisted but yeah uh, they believe like there is zero reason if the government can own a tank there's zero reason why i shouldn't be able to own a tank i don't know i'd like to think that there are experts within the government who know how to use a tank because I don't want someone, I don't want like, you know, Joe Blow the neighbor having a nuclear firearm. <laughs> just well, because... hey, what, what right does the government have to nuke someone that I don't have? Well, I don't know if they have the right, but I definitely <laughs> know that they have the experts that understand the consequences. Like, I guess if I shoot someone, there's, there's the consequence of that person dying. Whereas with like a tank, a fighter jet, uh, a nuclear bomb, those have wide-reaching implications you know what i mean so i guess any right the government has are rights that we give it that's that's you know it's for the people by the people of the people and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff so if the government has any right it's because we gave it to them you know that's that, uh, yep that's that's how <laughs> it works and then they slowly chip away at them and then the government falls and then we start over at some point yeah, that's how it's always been. I mean, they tried a couple months ago, so it's not like people are in they love. Sure did. Yeah, I mean, they definitely tried. Unless, depending on who you ask, some people say it never happened. You know, all the the gaslighting. But or it was the completely opposite side. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. So it's really hard to define a revolution. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Like if if they if they succeeded, you know, with their revolution, their coup, whatever you want to call it, uh, insurrection, then like 20 years later, it would have been the best thing ever. But since they didn't succeed, it's, you know, it's bad. So as they say, uh, history is, is written by winners. So uh, that's kind of how it that is. That is true. Although I will say... <clears throat> Uh, with all the with these days, everyone having cameras in their pockets, history is getting uh, a little bit more objective. Yeah, but you got Photoshop. <laughs> Hard to Photoshop full videos, but you can't yeah, do it. That's true. That's true. No, and I anyway, mean anyway, as far as the go. training goes, yeah. So it's to me that sounds silly, but let really? me explain. Like, okay, go my, on. For me individually, from my perspective, mm-hmm. I live in a state with more guns than people. I have. This sounds stupid, but I've consumed pop culture my entire life involving firearms. I am not super raised around them, but like I've shot with people who knew what they were doing. Like, I feel like culturally I was prepared to use a gun. I know all the rules. Well, you know, it's it's in general in the U.S. really drilled into your head the, the basic rules of firearms. Mm. Um don't point at any don't point a firearm at anything you aren't prepared to destroy i don't care if it's not loaded i you know never keep your finger on the trigger um i don't care if the safety's on all those things um that's that's super drilled into the culture here and i think more so in states like montana than other places but when it finally came time for me to like regularly start going to shoot like i felt like i knew what i was doing it's it's not that complicated it's I feel like most reasonable people could take like a two hour class and, and get the basics. And then from there, it's just application of practice and common sense to get better. Mm. I'm not saying I want like police officers and military to have like a 20 or like a day shooting course. And then they're like, you're, you're good to go for like combat, but just for like trusting someone to not, but, but, that, but then there's the flip side. I would trust me and most people in my environment just fine without a class. But there's a lot of stupid people. And that's, <laughs> yeah. and common sense, unfortunately, isn't as common as we'd like to think it is. I, I think common sense is the one word I would like to get rid of from the English language because it has so many different meanings. And What's common sense for me is definitely not common sense for you. And for the guy down the street, it's something completely different. I think everyone has a a different understanding of common sense. But yeah, I mean, for you, I'll I'll defer to you in in this case about like gun safety, because I'm pretty ignorant on that topic. But But even you, just culturally, I'm sure everything I said makes sense to you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it all before. You were raised in the culture or in this country's culture you understand very much so the basic rules yo definitely but i think i think if we make people take driving tests so that they can use a car i think we can make people take tests to use guns because you can do just as much damage with with a gun if not more so um but we make people like take tests for cars that's true but that you know what that sounds like to me what (laughs) that sounds like uh infringing the right to bear arms which the constitution <laughs> says not to do yeah that, i mean like yeah that's true that, that's a good counter argument but I, I think we should like amend that 
I, I think it should be more common. I think it should be more. <clears throat> I think it should be more encouraged that people should take those classes. And I, there's things like the closest thing I can think of that, like mm-hmm. culturally, a lot of people do is hunter safety. Yeah. And they teach a lot of that. It's more, you know, focused towards hunting. But I would say that's probably even better because in hunter safety, say you spot the animal you're looking for, say it's a deer and you're lining up to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's behind the deer? Is there a uh, house back there? Is there people? You don't know. That's a good... So hunter safety would tell you, don't take that shot. That's not a safe shot. You could hurt somebody. Okay, that's good. That's a good point, honest. I'm not a hunter. I'm more or less kind of against hunting for various reasons. But I mean, that that's a good point to be made. As far as infringing on rights, I think rights aren't unlimited. You know, when like we talked about a couple of weeks ago about like uh, yelling fire in a crowded theater. I mean, sure, I limit your free speech, but for a good reason. And it's kind of like you, we got to strike a balance. Like, what is a good reason? Like, in what situation should we limit rights? And in what situation should we not do it? And that is pretty tricky, to say the least. So I think at a bare minimum, you can make someone sit at a class for like a week and understand like, hey, this is a gun. This is how it works. These are the implications and whatnot. And they do like a license like once every four or five years or something. I have no idea how it works. But the thought of just like walking into a store or like when I was in the U.S. almost like eight years ago with my wife, I told her you could buy guns at Walmart. And she's like, no way. I was like, yeah, you can buy guns at Walmart. And so I went and showed her like here, like you can buy rifles, bows, all that fun stuff. And that was a culture shock for her because, like, you you can't do that here. You can't go to Walmart. I mean, let alone we don't have Walmart here. But still. I was gonna say, does anyone <laughs> even have Walmart? They had Walmart uh, twelve years ago, but they went bankrupt. Yeah, Germans didn't really like the the whole business model, and it just kind of died out here. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Long story short, the employees were way too friendly, and it was kind of off putting. <laughs> oh yeah, and, I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> and so it didn't succeed here. But my wife loved it. She thought it was she thought it was terrific. And when we went to Walmart in the U.S., it was like paradise. Because <laughs> there's yeah, people here in stores are definitely not friendly. Like definitely not. You have this whole I, mentality in the U.S. of the customer is king. That doesn't exist here. <laughs> it's kind of like I, the other way around. I just want like friendly, quick, concise conversations. I don't want the whole greeting thing. You know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I told her that. Which is something you don't really get in gun shops, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, there's some gun shops really like uh, to lean into the whole culture. So there's, quote unquote, probably the best gun shop in town, Daddio's. In Montana or like in your city or? In Billings. Okay, Daddio's. So they have a sign up there. Or they'll have signs like, oh, we don't call the cops. Or, you know, oh, wow. it's, not worth your, it's not worth your life. And it's very common at pawn shops and gun shops. Uh, the employees are openly carrying because they have a lot of valuables. And they're, you know, they're a very attractive target to thieves. 
and See, they that's are valid. trying to pro- yeah they're definitely pro- projecting the image if you try and start shit here you are going to die we aren't calling the police we aren't going to tell you to drop it we are going to kill you do not try to steal from us i get that i mean you also have people who transport money and whatnot and they carry guns i'm not oh, yeah. saying i'm not there's definitely a place for guns like definitely i mean police have guns so i don't have a problem with people having guns i have a problem with certain people having guns people who are extremely violent or not mentally stable um people who don't know how to use them properly like i have no idea how to use a gun i I wouldn't want one i mean i could hurt someone or myself beyond that it's it's pretty intuitive yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, like you said, like don't point at something if you're not afraid to destroy it. I mean, that's kind of obvious, <laughs> but uh, but still, I don't. The think most you... dangerous thing you could do would be if you load a round into a firearm mm-hmm. or if you, the, that isn't a, meant for it, but will just barely fit. You very likely just made a pipe bomb. Oh really? Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, um, so there's a, when I was doing trap shooting, which is, um, it's kind of like skeet shooting with shot, uh, it's a shotgun sport. Are these uh, like, like those discs you throw in the air and then shoot them? Yes. Okay. Um, there's a few different sports that involve that kind of thing, but the story they told us was, you know, younger kids will start with like a 20 gauge shotgun, which is not as powerful as a 12 gauge, more common shotgun round. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, uh, you'll go with your kid and they'll have their 20 gauge and you'll have your 12 gauge and the parent will carry both Sammo. And they say uh-huh. that, do not do that. Do not do that. Cause if you accidentally, um, if you accidentally load a 20 gauge round into your 12 gauge and you load it and you pull the trigger nothing happens, you're like, huh, that's weird. And it just like kind of went down the pipe and you're like, Oh, I guess I just didn't load anything. And then you put in a 12 gauge and fire it uh you've made a bomb that is super scary yeah um, which is which is a, a lesson on the dangers of mixing ammo don't mix ammo so like with the gauge is like is are the the pellets bigger with like 20 gauge or are they smaller oh so that's a that's a whole that's a whole conversation so gauge <laughs> has to do with the width of the shell itself oh. shotgun shell shotgun shells are extremely versatile so the standard load for shotgun shells, it's called bird shot. So it's a bunch of tiny little BBs. The idea is the bird flies up, you shoot the bird. You're basically shooting a wall of tiny lead at it. Really hard to miss. Then you have a buckshot, which is instead of a bunch of tiny beads, it'll be, you know, a small amount of bigger ones. Hmm. And those are like um, counter counter. T- I don't think you actually use it to hunt bucks, but it's it's what people would consider, you know, good self-defense ammo or just shooting something more solid. And then you have slugs, which is just a solid chunk. It's it's just a big bullet and it's not super accurate, but whatever you hit is going to have a giant hole in it. And huh. uh, there's there's a whole there's of course a tons of tons of tons of specialty shells uh, for all sorts of weird stuff but those are like the three basic ones i didn't know any of that <laughs> i'm completely ignorant on guns i i mean i know that like with shotguns and how they work in the gauge but 
I didn't know yeah. that you could like you couldn't like intermit interchange them or whatnot. And then there and there, some people load a combination of bird and buck. Um, there's hacky sack, um, or beanbag. Rounds, oh yeah, I know that. And there's uh, salt. Some people use salt as like a non-lethal self-defense. Like, hey, get off my property, and then you shoot, shoot salt at them. Rock salt. That... It really hurts, but it won't kill you. I was gonna say that's kind of hard. That's like rubber bullets, though. Yeah. So, the... and from what I've heard, um, park rangers last mm-hmm. i had heard the way they are mandated to carry their shotguns um and this is for dealing with wildlife mostly bears is I, i'm not 100 percent sure on the first two but it's rock salt um a bean bag i can't remember which one's first and then the last round you load is a slug so if a bear attacks you and it's not scared off by the first two you just kill it with the slug because but a, bear, be, a bear. bean bag and a shot like does that even do anything though like probably, that doesn't probably, even sound probably hurts a lot really i can't imagine and, to be honest but well, I, imagine the bear's probably freaked out okay yeah for a bear yeah that's true the <laughs> idea is if you can't scare the bear off and it's still coming towards you you just have to kill it yeah i mean they're they don't mess around no bears are scary by the way uh their hide is basically armor. I mean, bears. I mean, I've read that bears generally don't attack people unless they've been desensitized. So, like a bear in the wild, unless it feels threatened by you, won't like try to attack you. But if they've been around people a lot, um, they don't have a problem attacking because they realize, like, hey, people aren't a threat. I think it's for like really wild bears who have never seen people before. But like, don't quote me because I I'm definitely not a nature person. <laughs> And, and the scary thing about bears is if you want to bring one down, you have to use very high caliber handgun rounds or rifle rounds because, mm-hmm. like, like I said, their hide is just, it's very thick. That is crazy. But we are running out of time, so I did, I kind of want to oh, yeah. uh, mar- marathon through some of the things I had written down. Sure, shoot. <laughs> so this is more, you know, less political stuff, more just yeah, yeah. interest of the hobby stuff. So history. Firearms have a huge historical aspect. Um, it's fun to trace through history and look at all the uh, changes in styles and things they were developed for and the engineering changes. Uh, some of the engineering is beyond impressive. I'm not a big fan of the 1911, but at the time, it's an engineering marvel and it's still used. The 1911? I don't know why, because there's better options. And it's really frustrating, but the engineering is solid. Huh. Uh, modding culture, just like guys who like to mod their cars, people like to mod their guns. You can, uh, my AR, which I never finished modding, but uh, I have a bunch of different parts on it that weren't original when I bought it. Um, you can get obsessed with favorite brands. So, for example, you know, they're Everyone knows the M16 or the AR15. The AR15 is just the civilian version. There's tons of different companies that makes those, and they're all slightly different, but basically the same. And you can get into fun little pedantic nerd arguments about, you know, favorite manufacturers and um, things like that. People hmm. really get into caliber arguments, like, oh, this nine millimeter is bad. Forty caliber is much better, but no, forty caliber has this problem and what you should really be using is 
or and then you get into people who load their own ammo and talk about that and they break down into exact measurements to powder to bullet weight and all these all these fun things um a lot of people just like going out um so i had a friend who did this he would do this every weekend he would just make the rounds around the gun shops and pawn shops in town and just see what's new see if there's any good deals that was like it's fun and he he was always really happy when he would like stumble upon like a diamond hidden in the rough Mm. dirt cheap so that was that was his fun and uh they're just mechanically satisfying like one of there is very few things more satisfying than emptying the magazine of an ar (laughs) dropping the magazine in it shoving the new one in and then slapping the side of it to make the make the action go back into place it's it's just fun. It feels good. You feel, you feel the engineering, you feel the parts go clunk, clunk, ka-chink. And mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's like uh, how I've heard people describe driving manual cars. Like it's uh, just satisfying. Oh yeah. That's, I love driving manual. I can't drive automatic anymore, but <laughs> that, that's all they have here. I, I guess I can appreciate like the engineering that goes into like guns, but uh, I guess you got to be careful people who become too obsessed with guns. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, I mean, if someone is obsessed with like, because everyone has like a like uh, a tick to collect stuff. Like, I love collecting pens. <laughs> I, I love pens, but it's not really dangerous. Like, you can't really do a lot of harm with pens. Um, so, but with guns, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of fun to be had, but also a lot of danger. So. I think if people are sensible with the way they use their guns, I think we'd have a lot less, like a lot fewer problems in the world. Oh, yes. Well, and luckily, um, collecting the guns isn't the dangerous thing because no matter if you have a hundred guns, you're still one person. Mm -hmm. Dangerous thing is if you collect guns and then people. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Then you have a militia. (laughs) Yeah, which which is legal. Like you can. Uh... uh i don't know if it's legal for us to start a militia oh well maybe not but i mean people are allowed to start militias i mean whether or not it's actually legal i think is irrelevant because there are plenty of militias in the u.s for various reasons (laughs) oh there is actually one thing i wanted to cover sure uh, i've been thinking about for a week Mm -hmm. we're gonna shove in here last moment yeah another argument people have and this is this is you know it's 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 mostly a conservative versus leftist argument and it's also a rural versus city dweller argument and Mm. it's merging more and more these days but an argument a lot of people don't understand is a lot of these people live in the middle of nowhere um the police are not coming for a long time and sometimes you're not you don't even need the police like there there are areas where there's just dangerous animals and you might be a rancher or a farmer and there are bears or wolves or whatever coming on property. You're not going to call the police to kill. Like you just need to pull out a rifle and like you know defend your livelihood or your or your life or your property or whatever. Um, a lot of people don't get that. Uh, they don't. It doesn't. It's not that they don't get it. It doesn't even enter their mind as a possibility. I, I completely get that. I mean, I would. If someone says to live in the middle of nowhere and the next police station is 20 miles away, I, I don't think there's a problem with them having a gun um to defend themselves with so and 20 all in moderation generous. a lot of times it's longer yeah but all in moderation you know i 
I mean, maybe they need a rifle, but they don't need like a fully automatic AK-47 or something, you know, but, but yeah, so we're at, we're completely out of time. I, I could have definitely gone longer. It's a super interesting conversation. And definitely. I, I definitely learned a, I learned a lot <laughs> and I hope everyone else listening did too. So I got nothing else from my side. Do you? Uh, no, as, as always, if, if anyone has any questions or comments yep. about this episode, especially in regards to gun culture, uh, we're on the Discord. Happy yep. to answer any questions if people want to talk more. Because, uh, like Chris said, there's there's a lot more to talk about, and uh, it was hard to condense it all down. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.